Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on itrwrestling.com, Patreon, wherever you get your podcasts, um, Patreon is of course the first place you can hear this. My name is Kenny McIntosh and I'm joined as always by Finley Martin. Now Finn, you are so on the ball today that when you greeted me at 10.05 you said good afternoon. I did. So that, shows I did. You how, that shows you how deep into the writing process that you are, that you're so focused on that it took you a minute to come back to, to reality. Well, I mean, that's a polite way of putting it. The other way of putting it is that does not bode well. <laughs> completely scatterbrained, Finley. And maybe it might be time for you to shuffle off and retire. You know, maybe that day's approaching, Kenny. Maybe my time's up. It's been said before. Nah, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Um, but um, anyway, we're here to talk about all the stuff that's going on in wrestling. It is a little bit of a quiet week, but some stuff did happen last week which is worth us talking about. On April 29th, there was a batch of WWE releases. It was NXT stars. Um, There's a fair few of them that I'll be honest, because I don't watch NXT 2.0 every week, that I do not know who they are. So, um, you know, I'm, I'll read them out first, and then we can talk about the bigger names. But the, the, the names who I'm not aware of, but Finn... If you are aware of them, let, let me know. If not, we can move on. There's uh, Paige Proenzavalli, 
Raylan Devine, Mila Milani, Draco Anthony, Sanjana or Sanhana George, and Persia Perotta are the ones who I don't know. You know who Persia Perotta is. She was was with Duke Hudson. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I know. I know. I would know her to see, but I wouldn't know. I couldn't tell you her name is Persia Perotta. She paid me. Yeah, yeah, she was she was in the team with Indy Hartwell, and then they did the split, and Indy Hartwell was decked with Dexter Loomis, and then Persia Perotta was with Duke Hudson. And that led to quite a prominent story, actually, Kenny. See, I mean, I I I, I don't watch NXT 2.0, I've got to admit. I, I I watch clips of it, but there's only so much time in the week, <clears throat> and yeah. I just can't, uh, you know, if if the if me watching a show like that is going to lead to the pay-per-view being Dolph Ziggler in the main event, I can, I'll, I'll watch other things, <laughs> but <laughs> are they missing a trick by letting go of Persia Perotta? Or well, I mean, she was, I thought she was pretty good in a role. Um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, she's the biggest name from the list of people that you've read out thus far. Draco Anthony was on TV as well on regular NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just lost to Zion Quinn. Um, and he'd done, it was a, a mar, he was a marginal player. He was basic. I mean, when Zion Quinn pinned him handily, convincingly, decisively, it did not look good for Draco, I have to say. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was a young guy. He was in great shape. But, I mean, almost everyone in NXT is in great shape. Um, he was, he understood the basics. But, again, you know, the standards there, most people in that company are really high, at least, you know, for a developmental level, you know, they're not going to generally, they're going to be able to put a match together without getting lost or botching too badly. I understand that this does happen in some matches. And there was one, was it um, Nikita Lyons and Lash Legend? They had a moment, I think, was it last week? Did you see that one? It was uh, shared widely on Twitter. Oh, that's the, yeah, the one. That, yeah, I saw that. I saw that gaff that was shared on Twitter. Yeah, so they, they they just. I mean, they had, it had a match actually. I think it was about two weeks before that, and it wasn't bad. You can see they're still not ready for prime time, even though they are NXT. Obviously, is in prime time. That's a bit of a date <laughs> reference. <laughs> they're not really not ready for the main roster, shall we say? Um, but I mean, it wasn't. I mean, we've seen a lot worse than the Nikita Lions Lost Legend match from a few weeks ago. Um, but I mean, yeah, you can see that they're still at the um, maybe just a third of the way up the learning curve or a quarter of the way up the learning curve. I'm not quite sure where they are. And of course, you never know how much more progress they're going to make. Some people just stop making progress. Um, but uh, yeah, Persia Perotta is the one surprise on the list of people that you mentioned so far because she was doing well and was in a prominent storyline. So I'm not really sure whether she's a loss. Um, I mean, so many people in NXT. There's just so many people there. And as for some of the others, I have no idea who they are. Well, let's move on to the people who we do know who they are. We've got Harlan, the former Parker Bordeaux, who obviously, you know, we saw those images of people calling him the new Brock Lesnar by the way he looks. And then he had the makeover to go with uh, Joe Gacy, who he's now not with anymore. Um, I mean, I assume, not with NXT anymore. Yeah, I mean, I assume this one is kind of as simple as they brought the guy in, they're not happy with how far he's progressed, so they've decided to cut ties with him. 
Yeah, I would say so. I mean, a lot of people question the wisdom um, of WWE changing his image. But I mean, to me, it was almost like a Mason Ryan Batista thing, where it's like you don't want people making comparisons between this newcomer and like an established main eventer, because that's just too much pressure. And people are, you know, people are going to look down on someone who's not making the progress or not anywhere near the star that this person that he looks like is. So I understand why they did it. I mean, I can't say I was a huge fan of the character that they gave him. Um, and yeah, presumably they just weren't happy with the progress he was making and decided to let him go. I mean, sometimes these can be this can be a message to the talent that maybe they just need to apply themselves more or, you know, find a new training um, system to go through, or maybe they just don't think the person's ever going to make it. I mean, there can be lots of different reasons why they cut someone. Uh, that was a surprise, though. Uh, I think a lot of people felt like he was a star of the future. Um, you know, maybe he can come back in a year or two, um, having trained with someone else and with a completely new image and character and, and, and have another go at it. It obviously has happened before, hasn't it, in WWE many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the proof will be in the pudding as to how uh, Parker Bordeaux, what, if, if he continues to try and uh, make a go of it in wrestling. Yeah. Um, Someone who had a lot of fanfare when he came to WWE from people who had seen him in his previous incarnation as Stokely Hathaway is Malcolm Bivens. And Malcolm Bivens has been uh, let go. Uh, there was, I think he confirmed a story on social media that there had been a pitch for him to manage Omas, um, which didn't happen. Um, I always felt like with Malcolm Bivens, he was someone who everybody seemed to rave about him. And he was, you know, he was decent with the, the gold mine. Diamond uh, mine. Diamond mine. Diamond mine. But um, he was good with them, but uh, it just, you never really felt they were ever going to, he was never going to be someone who in the main roster they were going to do a lot with. Um, you know, in terms of managers, usually someone lasts, you know, a few months unless they're somebody, you know, like MVP or, you know, someone who more legendary who they'll keep around. But I think for Bivens, I think he'll have much more success outside of WWE than if he was to stick around. What do you think of his uh, chances and his departure? Yeah, I mean, I was a fan of Bivens. I thought he he was a really smooth talker. Um, I thought he was very animated at ringside and not in a comical way. I thought he played his role very well in Diamond Mine. Um, I mean, I think he's someone who could have done well on the main roster. Obviously, they didn't see a spot for him. Um, because he wasn't very tall, I think he would have worked very well with Omas because it would have accentuated the, the height difference between them. I mean, even more than MVP. Um, and uh, Omas is obviously a huge height difference there, but it would have been even greater between Bivens and Omas. So that would have probably worked better. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really understand this decision. I think he's somebody who had a lot to offer WWE, could have contributed so much to the company. Um, they beg to differ and they've decided to let him go. I mean, it's hard to know where he's going to go in wrestling because there's already far too many managers and talkers, I think, in AEW, far too much talent in AEW that are not doing anything. Let's be honest, we talk about this all the time. Um, He's somebody that possibly could make it in mainstream entertainment in some fashion or some form. I think he's very charismatic. Yeah, he's very charismatic. He can talk so well. And I think he's somebody who could do well in another line of work rather than pro wrestling. So, um, but yeah, it's a shame for him. I, th- I, I it, You know, it's almost a bit like 
you know, you go, I mean, Karrion Cross obviously didn't make it in WWE, um, but you look back and think, well, you should have at least given Scarlett a chance. You should have given her a chance because I think she could have been really big, a really big deal in WWE on the main roster, and she wasn't. Um, and the same with Bivens. You think at least he could have given him a shot, given him like a six, eight weeks on TV. Mm-hmm. And I think he would I think he would have got over. I think he would have done well. Uh, Dexter Lewis is one that's uh, the, probably the, the second most uh, high profile one. Uh, he's obviously had the he's had the long term story with his wife, quote unquote, Andy Hartwell. Uh, but Dexter Lewis, he's now back to being Samuel Shaw. Were you shocked by this one? Well, I mean, I was never really a fan of Dexter Loomis. And then he really he really did do well for himself in NXT. I mean, he's he's late 30s. I'm not sure exactly sure how old he is, but he's he is quite he's older than the than the average of the talent roster in NXT. I think we can safely say that. Um, and I thought he did really well last year in the um in the storyline with Indy and the, the wedding and you know the whole thing with Johnny Gargano. Um I think he's been a. I think he's done well there, but at the same time, I do understand why they've let him go because he's never going to be champ. His credibility is diminished ever since the rebrand back in September, and he, you know, he just felt like his time was up there. But I think he did well enough and was over enough with the character that they gave him or he developed there. That I think he'll do all right on the indie circuit and at conventions um, and potentially. You know, potentially an impact. I think he's somebody who could slot in there quite well. So I understand why he went. He felt like his time was up. And I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to do well for himself or, or at least continue to make a living outside WWE. He's uh, he's 38 years old. Um, 38. And I'm sure, I'm, you know, I'm sure impact tend to be quite uh, welcoming to people who have been there in the past. Yeah. So you know, if he's been there before, as Sam Shaw, I'm I'm sure they'll they'll bring him back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I was. I mean, if I, they brought back Eric Young for fuck's sake, I mean, you'll bring back anybody because Eric Young had just kind of really meant nothing when he left. Um, yes. But Loomis does feel like a somebody. You know, he's he's kind of he's one of those rare people where you know he if he was to turn up at Impact, he feels like you know you, you could call him a WWE star because he was so highly profiled in NXT. Definitely for a long time. And he did a lot of different things. I think he's decent in the ring. He established a connection with the audience and he did that by, I don't know how many times he spoke. It was only maybe certainly it was, he said, I do at the wedding and he might have spoke one or two more times on TV, yeah. but he did it without speaking on a regular basis and um, just with the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. So um, yeah, I think he's going to do all right. So, but uh, he was somebody who, yeah, I never saw anything in him. And WWE showed me that I was wrong. <laughs> that he did have talents, hidden talents. Hidden that they talents. Expose. Yeah. Well, the, the 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 top name and the one that's kind of got the most play online, uh, a lot of wrestlers have been tweeting out their kind of heartbreak about it, is Dakota Kai. Uh, she has been let go, which seems just a kind of baffling decision when we see some of the dross that we have on the main roster women-wise, you know, Dana Brooke and Tamina and all these people but Dakota Kai's gone. This one I, I don't quite get. Most of the other ones I can I can understand. This is the one I was kind of quite surprised by. What do you make of this one? Uh, well, I mean, it didn't really surprise me. I mean, she'd gone as far as she could in NXT. I think she'd mentioned that she was going to leave anyway when a contract expired. 
Um, she had to realise that she was never going to go to the main roster. She was never going to make it there. Vince would never have pushed her as a star. She just, she could just tell she's the sort of person that Vince would not believe in, even though she was really, so, you know, really uh, proficient in the ring. I think is the word you would use to describe her. She was somebody who held a lot of matches together, very dependable, um, and played lots of different characters as well in NXT successfully and had, uh, again, like Dexter Loomis, had developed that bond with the audience there. Um, but, you know, she'd lost to Mandy Rose. She'd lost a few to Raquel Gonzalez, Stroke Rodriguez. She'd been tag team champion. She'd been a face. She'd been a heel. She'd been a face again. I mean, what was left for her in NXT? She was never going to defeat Mandy Rose or become NXT Women's Champion. So I don't really understand the uh, the reaction to this. Um, don't get it at all, Kenny. It was it felt like her time was up there. And she's somebody who can do well for herself elsewhere. She's somebody who AEW need to bring in, install in their women's division, maybe get rid of some of the mediocre or non-entity women on their roster and um, you know, use someone like Dakota who's really good in the ring. So uh, I think this is a good move for her. Um, and, uh, you know, AEW has hired people that it shouldn't have hired. Leon Ruff, Kenny. They just hired Leon Ruff. Well, he, he's worked matches. Have they actually signed him? I mean, they probably have. Well, but... I mean, they're using him. I mean, how many people have they got there already who are doing nothing? Yeah. There's so many. And I mean, I will, I, will, I will say on the, on the Dakota kind of thing, I do understand the kind of the reaction because I think she is someone who, you know, a few years ago, you, I, would have, I would never have thought that Vince McMahon would push Asuka because she just did not seem like the sort of female that Vince would push. Um, and he did. And I think if Dakota Kai had been given a shot, I think she would have done a good job on the main roster. I think the, the annoyance for a lot of people is she wasn't even given a chance. You know, she did a oh. lot in NXT. She did very well. And, um, you know, if she'd been given a chance, I think she could she she would have had a shot. But they didn't give her one, so that's what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, I understand that as well. You know, and, and in, in an ideal world, of course, you know, everyone who does well in NXT goes to the main roster and does well there. And uh, it's it's repeated there uh, or enhanced. But I mean, to me, I kind of got a good idea of how the McMahon mind works. And I just don't think that he would see Star in Dakota Kai. And that's yeah. what it's all about. Or higher ups in WWE, you maybe, you know, pitch to Vince that this is someone we should bring in and she can do this and she can do that. She can form a tag team with Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, sorry, Shotzi, not Shotzi Blackheart. That was another name casualty, wasn't it, some time back? And she could do something there and she would have been good in the ring. And I get that. You can say that about Tegan. I mean, she was somebody who should have received more of a shot than she did. Um, and they let her go last year. So I do get it. But I mean, the thing is, you know, Vince has a mentality when it comes to the sort of people that he's going to make stars. And Dakota just, to me, didn't, didn't tick enough boxes. So um, I think it's actually been a good call for her. Because had she gone to the main roster, it wouldn't have worked out. She would have been buried underground and that would have uh, reduced her market value uh, for whichever company or companies she works for next. So I think looking at the big picture, I think this is the right move for her. Yeah, long term, she'll do she'll do well, especially like you say, she turned up in AEW. She would she would do well in half the female roster they've got. Um, but yeah, that's the releases for now. I'm sure there will be more that we will cover as and when they happen. Um, before we talk about uh, Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash on Sunday in the card, I thought we could just talk a little bit about Highman Adam Page's CM Punk, which obviously is coming up uh, on May 29th. Um, Page actually uh, cut a really good promo on 
TV last night where he talked about Punk's challenge. He said, you know, um, that this isn't going to be a masturbatory Bret Hart tribute match. Um, and he said he basically could have cut quite a fiery promo uh, <laughs> on Punk and um, a, a very <laughs> that was in reference to the Survivor Series yeah. night five match, wasn't it? Yes, <laughs> so um, but he showed a lot of fire, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That that's really good. <laughs> but finally, you know, uh, three weeks are we three, three weeks away from the pay per view? Yeah, uh, yeah, what are we on today? We're on Thursday, May 5th, aren't we? So it's May 29th. So yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, just over three weeks. Okay, so just over three weeks. And I'm like, why is the Adam Page that I think could have been a good champion showing up three weeks before he's about to lose the belt? You know, it's he's, he comes out, he cuts a serious promo. He, uh, you know, he, he's got some fire under him. Um, but I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to... Uh, Help him keep the title, but I mean, what do you what do you make of it? Do you think is it a foregone conclusion that CM Punk should lift the title at double or nothing, or is there anything they can do to salvage Page's title reign? How are you kind of feeling going into it? I think no, I think he's going to lose the belt um, at double or nothing. I think people would be bitterly disappointed if Punk didn't win, and I think it's time for Punk to win the belt. Um, you know, he's, he's beginning to outstay his welcome with me, to be honest, Kenny, as CM Punk. And I just, think, <laughs> I just feel like he needs to get the belt on him. He needs to do the heel turn, and then he just needs to go part-time. I think he's just making too many appearances, and they just need to reduce the... I mean, I know he needs to be full-time when he's champ, but after that, title reign ends. And I think he can play a valuable role in whomever, you know, he passes the belt on to. Possibly MGF. I'm not sure if if they'll revisit that later in the year, and mm-hmm. um, when uh, when he's champ, possibly. Um, but yeah, Paige is somebody who, I mean, we talked about him last week. I mean, I, and there was a lot of things that I thought about after we'd had that discussion, and you just think to yourself, right, Adam Page, he's the champion of AEW. Who's the champion of WWE? Roman Reigns. You know who feels like the biggest star. And you could say, well, that's not fair because Roman Reigns has been doing this longer. But like, what a disparity in star status between Reigns and Adam Page. You put the belt on CM Punk, and because he's a you know veteran, a bigger star, that feels like AEW has more credibility once CM Punk becomes champ, which to me has to happen yeah. at double or nothing. But I mean, yeah, to me, it's like, you look back at Page and you just think, well, why was he associated with the Dark Order? He was with them too long. And then he was in this strange feud with Adam Cole. It was interminable. One point they were talking about who was the best friend to other people in the locker room. It's like, this is your, this is your idea to promote this grudge match between these two people who used to be friends and partners and now are enemies. And it just, and then as you mentioned last week, Booking the Brian Danielson Adam Page matches at the beginning instead of the end of the feud was just like, you know, the reverse of the way it should have been done. Another thing as well, the way Adam Page dresses, Kenny, you know, he dresses <laughs> like he's like he's buying his clothes from like a discount cowboy store, isn't it? It's, it's he like he's going like. to the gra- it's like he's going to the Grand Old Opry for a night out. Yeah, and it's just like well, he doesn't really look like a world champion at that point. He should have been. 
you know, you, I mean, I know you could say, well, John Bradshaw Layfield was a bit of a flop as champion back in 2004. And I think that's a fair comment. But they tried to present him as like a world champion, didn't he? With the car and the suits and the hat and everything else. It was like, you know, he had he had to budget. You know, Hangman Adam Page, you know, it doesn't seem to have much of a budget for his clobber, doesn't he? For his, for his attire. <laughs> but it's that whole packaging thing that he just doesn't feel like a world champion. And he's tried really hard in the ring. I think he's had some good matches, but it's that whole presentation and the machine getting behind him to convince us that this is the biggest star in the company, even if he isn't. And even if everyone knows he isn't, you know, the machine should be telling us he is. Um, so I'm glad that I haven't seen last night's Dynamite yet. I'm glad that he brought it on the mic. And again, you know, it's too little too late. Why wasn't he doing this straight away? Why wasn't there this conscious attempt, you know, to shift Hangman Adam Page from being challenger to champion? So the whole system and the plan was there and right, what we're going to do? How are we going to convince people that you're our biggest star? And they've been relying on him scoring wins in the ring. And it takes more than that to create a credible, prestigious champion. To me, it's it's not one thing, it's lots of dif- different things. But I mean, you know, he could still do well. You know, there's still, what have we got now? We've got how many more episodes of Dynamite? We've got one, three more. Three more episodes of Dynamite uh, before the pay-per-view. So they could really ramp this up. And I think he can, I wrote about this in What Else Is Going Down. What AEW needs to do is they need to accept that he hasn't really made it as a top guy. He's not really going to be remembered as this, you know, great champion. But what they can do is that they can create sympathy for him. I think Punk needs to start healing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. They can create some sympathy for him and try to provoke a sort of groundswell of support for him to have a second reign. You know, almost like the, the Bret Hart thing, you know, in yeah. 93. You know, and it, and it can still be saved and he can come back next year and be champion and it could be more successful second time. Because if you go back... Bret Hart wasn't really ready for for the WWF title in October 92 when he beat Flair. Obviously lost the belt at WrestleMania 9. And it was another year, wasn't it, before he became champ at WrestleMania 10, Mm -hmm. in which time he built, you know, he really sort of built that support and, you know, with his performances, you know, very dignified um, approach to everything. He was like the best wrestler in the company. And everybody was thinking, you know, this is the guy who should be champ. You know, not Lex Luger, you know, you know not Yokozuna <laughs> and certainly not Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, they, they can still turn it around. But I think they've got it really smart between now and double or nothing. And I think it needs to be a heroic performance from Page. And actually, I think Punk also might need to cheat or there needs to be some funny business, Kenny, on the finish. And I think that would protect Page and also maybe sort of boost support for him to, you know, people will be thinking, well, you know, Paige, you know, did really well and really well in that match. You know, he, he lost on a fluke or he looked, because Punk doesn't need a convincing, you know, clean as a sheet win, does it? Because he's no. already established. Yeah. So I think the, the, the object of this match is to make Punk champ, but also to enhance shine and, you know, further Paige's cause to be champion in the future. So, you know, but that promo, which I haven't heard yet on last night's Dynamite, sounds like a good start to me, Kenny. Yeah, and I can echo most of the stuff you've said. I think uh, I think for Paige, 
there was, you know, there was the kind of stop start, which wasn't to be helped because obviously his wife was pregnant with his kid. So he left and then he came back and then he won the title. And then after those Brian Danielson matches, it's just kind of been, you know, mid card. Treading, wa- treading water, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So uh, hopefully they can get something good coming out of it and make some better choices for him. But listen, before we go, Finn, uh, let's do a quick card rundown of WrestleMania Backlash and predict who we think are going to be the winners of the six matches announced so far. So Six matches. I mean, you know, there's still time for, for them to add more or possibly change the entire card. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, tune, in the, we'll tune in tomorrow on SmackDown. I'm not giving... But he, as of Thursday, May the 5th, at 10.37am, this is the card for Backlash. Um, Bobby Lashley gets Omas in a singles match. I mean, you've got to imagine here that Bobby Lashley's going to win this to maybe be the one to have a match with Roman coming up, or is or have they still got plans for Omas? What do you think? Um, I mean, I think... Hang on a minute. Didn't Lashley win at WrestleMania, Kenny? He did, yeah. Uh... Hmm. I'm not really sure. I mean, if he wins again, which he feels like he will, what's going to happen to Omas? That's his sort of singles run as a serious player. Um, torpedoed, finished, harpooned. The end, isn't it? So, I mean, I don't want to see a third match between these two. So I'm hoping that Lashley wins and then moves on. But, I mean, it seems it's problematic if he does. So I'm not sure who's going to win this one. What do you think? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go with the, the blind hope that it is going to be uh, Bobby Lashley. He's going he's gonna to win it. He's going he's gonna to re- re- retain his winning ways uh, against Omas. I just don't, I'm with you. I don't want to see this again. Like, let's just get this over with. Um, and then onwards and upwards for Bobby. Yeah, and onwards and upwards for us with Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. Well, I think this is going to be Madcap's night. Um, I mean, they still need to do something with his character and certainly the way that they're presenting him. I've mentioned this before. If we're meant to take him seriously, how can we with those braces and those shorts? I mean, I think Moss is going to win or maybe Corbin wins this one to set up the rematch that Moss wins. I think when this feud ends that Moss will be the winner. Um, because they obviously like him. Um, actually, I'm going to go with Corbin. I think Corbin's going to use a lot of skullduggery and score a tainted win. So happy Corbin is my pick. There you go, happy Corbin. Uh, yeah, I think happy Corbin's probably going to win it because they're going to keep this going. Then Mad Cat Moss will get his win back in the next pay-per-view. Um, AJ Styles and Edge is going to be a rematch from WrestleMania. Damian Priest is banned from ringside because obviously... Uh, AJ won the match on Raw. So AJ and Edge, I mean, it feels like AJ Styles is going to win this and then it's going to be a hell in a cell decider next month. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no escape. Listen to the listen to the silence of dread that's in our minds, Finn, that, that, that we can hear here. Yeah. I mean, just grim. And it's just, as, as I said, I think either this week or last week, it shouldn't be this way. These two are both really talented veterans who everyone likes. Why is this feud not clicking? Why is it not setting the, you know, setting the world on fire? Instead, it's just been a bit of a flop, hasn't it? I mean, as I said, on what's going down, I thought Styles and Priest was an improvement on what we've seen previously. 
So maybe, you know, maybe they can save the day. Maybe WrestleMania backlash is when this feud springs into life. Uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. Um, Drew McIntyre and RK Bro are taking on the bloodline with Roman Reigns and the Usos in a six-man tag. Um, my prediction for this one, I think Drew McIntyre might pin Roman Reigns here. And this is the way they get to the singles match where Roman maybe beats Drew. Um, but I think I think the baby faces are definitely winning here. And I could see a pinfall and Roman being the, the big shock moment. What do you think? Yes, I agree with that. And, and this show desperately needs something big to happen on it because it is the beest of B shows. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, who is really that bothered about this event? I mean, it's so missable. So WWE needs to let people know with the out the results or the action or whatever that this is assured that you might not want to watch live but you need to go and watch on the network afterwards or peacock afterwards so i think there's going to be something titanic something titanic will occur in this sick six-man match let's hope it's not the show sinking being the moment that happens well yeah, um, yeah we've got cody rhodes against seth rollins their rematch from wrestlemania as well um where do you think this one's going to go um, I think we've already talked about this, and I think the prediction was that Cody would win the rematch. Yep. Because it's already been stated, expressed it on the post-WrestleMania Raw, that he wants to become champ. Um, I think that's, I don't know whether he's going to be the one to beat Roman or whether he's when he's going to be champ. Um, but I think he will be at some point. He might not be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. Um it may he may he may even win money in the bank, Cody. That could be a possibility. Yeah. And then they might just delay it until after they've done Roman Reigns versus Drew in Cardiff, which I'm I'm convinced is going to happen. Uh, at least I hope it happens there. Yeah. Um, so maybe they'll bring Mason Ryan back, Kenny, for that show. <laughs> the Welsh fans have been clamoring for him. Clamoring. <laughs> <laughs> so uh um yeah, I think Cody's gonna win. Uh, I mean, it would Whether be he huge, wants to or not. Huge, huge, yeah, a huge setback for Cody if he were to lose to Seth Rollins at WrestleMania Backlash. I think we can all agree on that. And it seems to me that WWE is behind, committed to Cody uh, Rhodes. So, yeah, I'm going with Cody Rhodes. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm retaining what we said before. I think Cody's still my pick. Um, I hope that we don't have Hell in a Cell be, you know, the AJ and Edge matches and Cody and Seth, it feels like one of them is going to be the person who didn't win at WrestleMania wins and there's a Hell in a Cell decider. And even though Edge and AJ Styles in the cell makes me want to run away from the television at record speed, I would rather sit through that than see Cody get the loss already to Seth. So Yeah, I, I, I just can't see that happening. I mean, I'd be, then again, I've been wrong. I've been wrong before, Kenny, and I'll be wrong again. Well, let's hope you're let's hope you're right on this one. Um, and in the I Quit match for the SmackDown Women's Title, Ronda Rousey's going to win this one. I have every part of my fibre that thinks that's going to happen. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. But I just can't see any world in which she loses this one. No, it does feel like Ronda is going to win. I just think it would be very damaging to. Her character, persona, aura, everything, if she were to lose an I quit match. Um, the only way that, as I said previously on what's going down, the only way that this can, can be a gain for WWE is if she has a short reign 
and then she puts someone else over. I'm not sure who that's going to be because I haven't really got anyone else ready. And I realise I've said that before as well. But I mean, I'm, I, there's not much more to say about Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, Kenny. I mean, I mean, the only redemption possibly here. I mean, there's not even any point saying it. Ronda's not going to bring it. She's not going to show that fire that she gave us back in 2018. I just don't believe it's there anymore. I don't think she's motivated. I don't know why she's there. I've said this before. She just, if she becomes champ, it just needs to be a short reign. And then she just needs to just take her leave to depart, to go. I mean, I don't want to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch next year either. That's been talked about, hasn't it? It'll be a long year thing. That's what we're building to. I, but he, I mean, it's by then, you know, it, it, it would be like walking into a massacre because there's no way the crowd are going to cheer Ronda Rousey against Becky Lynch. No, no. chance. Um, I, I just, I mean, it's really sad because, you know, she was so enthused. She was so dedicated to, to this cause. And now it's just like, you know, she's just there for the money. And it's it's always sad to see when, Somebody who was once so into pro wrestling is now just not interested at all, and he's clearly just just fulfilling their contract. And that's always it's just a it's just a drain on everyone's you know energy and enthusiasm and fandom, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that's that's all the time we've got for today. And um, we'll be doing the Power Slam overrun. We're looking back at uh, another old issue of Power Slam magazine. Um, and then next week on what's going down, we'll be talking about WrestleMania Backlash, where hopefully there will be something of interest for us to talk about. And um, that's all we can hope for, Finn. I mean, with only six matches announced, Kenny, should be a short show. Hopefully. It's not going to be a four-hour epic. <laughs> maybe, maybe Ricochet will do an Intercontinental title defence on the show against Jinder Mahal or Shanky. Oh, we can only hope, can't we? I mean, you, it's odd that there, there was only six matches. I mean, you would think that Theory would be doing something on the show. Yeah, and like you said on what's going down, it's weird they've not put any of the Raw women in, you know, matches on the show. Which yeah. you'd, be, you'd think if one was going to happen, it would have been announced on Monday. So, um, yeah. In many, in many ways, that six-woman match that main evented Raw would have been perfect for the show, wouldn't it? Perfect yeah. as an additional match at WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah, there would have been. But instead, we've got Corbin and Moss. So, you know, it might be, hopefully it'll be a short show. Like you say, hopefully it'll be one of those kind of two and a half hour shows um, where it's just kind of, let's get through it to get to Hell in a Cell. Yeah, and sometimes these events, these premium live events that have low expectations going in do over-deliver because the talent are like, well, you know, we need to offset the... <laughs> you know, the, the the failure to promote this thing by the creative team, we need to give the fans value for money, even if our superiors haven't. So that does happen sometimes where everyone just goes out there or, and really, uh, really turns it up, you know, really, you know, brings it in the ring. So hopefully that's what will happen. Uh, well, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. Thank you so much for all your support. And we'll talk to you soon, everybody.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.